Hi, everyone. This is Leslyn Keith. I'm president of the board of directors at the Lipedema Project and director of research. Welcome to Living Well with Lipedema. Today, I have an excerpt from a presentation by Robert Erkstam from our Ketogenic Solution for Lipedema and Lymphedema mini symposium that was held in April of 2021. Robert is an OT with a private practice in North Carolina where he treats lymphedema and lipedema. He talks in this presentation about how a lifestyle group, even during a pandemic year, helped improve the lives of his patients. Over the years that I've worked as an occupational therapist, I've found that there was like a disconnect. I feel like we have an awesome medical care system in America for acute care. But I found that most of my patients actually had chronic illnesses. Even before I started working with lymphedema, lymphedema, lipedema, they're chronic. Actually, some statistics are 70% of people age 55 to 65 have at least one chronic condition. 50% of people, and that's a pretty young age, 55 to 65, have two chronic conditions. Yet the, most of the models that we are using to treat our patients, including in therapy, in rehabilitation, but in the medical world as a whole, is a lot of times designed to treat acute problems. So that's where I have this, it's like a square peg in a round hole, that it just doesn't work that well. So when we're looking at chronic illness, we have to think differently and we have to approach it in a whole different way. It's like a different paradigm that we have to look at to treat a chronic illness compared to an acute. And I feel like that's where lifestyle redesign, making habit changes and routine changes is really important, but that's not easy to do, but it is possible. And I hope I will make that case today. So kind of where I got the idea to call it the third phase of lymphedema. Some of you that are listening may be familiar if you've already had lymphedema therapy with the two phases. So the first phase of lymphedema therapy is what we call the treatment phase. That's where we're reducing symptoms. We're doing the manual lymph drainage. We're using compression bandages. We're using exercise compression pump. We use the lymphopress in the clinic and skin care. So you may be familiar with that. So we're treating it. We're trying to reduce the swelling. Then we go into maintenance phase where we try to manage these symptoms. So we use compression garments, self-managing exercise. Now, the compression pump I should have put in there too. There are many that have to use that. This is to try to keep the swelling from coming back again, right? And skin care. But I feel like there's been a missing piece. We've treated successfully at our clinic and we can like mechanically reduce the symptoms of lymphedema. But we've always had to tell our patients that it's a chronic condition and the condition itself cannot get any better. That's what we were told when we learned about lymphedema and how to treat it, that we're just managing symptoms. So when I started coming across this work about the keto diet, I was pretty excited to see just how much emerging research is in this area to where now we can actually give a little more hope to our patients. And we can say, there's a chance to actually improve the condition itself, to actually improve lymphatic functioning. And either way, by making habit changes, improving nutrition with the ketogenic or low carb way, and then addressing the other areas, sleep, stress, physical activity, we can actually reduce a lot of the risk factors that are contributing to the lymphedema and actually improve the condition itself. That's exciting to me. It's very well made. So we begin with introduction to lifestyle modification. Then we continue with eating for health and weight loss. That's the second week. 
that's where we really go into the nuts and bolts of ketogenic way of eating. And then we go into eating routines and barriers to change and coping strategies. So you can notice that the first four sessions is still, we're talking mostly about nutrition. It makes sense, even though the other parts that you see on the second half of this from session eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, we start looking at the other aspect of lifestyle, hugely important components of lifestyle changes like physical activity, stress management, sleep, life balance, time management. Those come towards the end. That doesn't mean that they're less important, but it makes sense to begin with nutrition because I think that's where you get your biggest return on investment. When I talk to my clients, I sometimes talk about an upward spiral versus a downward spiral. So when we look at these other components, stress management, physical therapy, sleep, each one of these components affect the other one. So you have to decide to start somewhere. When you you start with nutrition, you begin to feel better. When you feel better, you're now more likely to be physically active because it doesn't hurt or you can move better. That reduces your stress and may also improve your sleep. So the nutrition affects all of them. But that goes back the other way too. If you exercise, you tend to sleep better, but you have to start somewhere. The negative side of that is there is an upward spiral, but there's also a downward spiral, of course, which I've seen over my years as therapist is that when you're not eating well, then you may not sleep well. And if you don't sleep well, it's hard to make good decisions on what you're eating. And you sure don't feel like, or I sure don't feel like exercising if I haven't had good sleep and I haven't been eating good for myself. So they all affect each other. So I like the holistic approach of this program. I believe this is the approach that's needed when we're dealing with chronic conditions and illnesses. So the average weight loss at the end of 2020 was 23 pounds per person. And the highest weight loss so far is, that's one of our 12-monther that's been in for a year now, she's lost 56 pounds. We see more lower extremity lymphedema, a lot of it related to obesity and venous insufficiency, but we do see lipedema patients too. Most of them have not been diagnosed, but we can usually recognize those when we see them. So one of the questions that some people would try to say that it's just water weight. And if you have lymphedema, then I wouldn't even use the word just because we are trying to get get rid of water weight as well, which is very important. But I do a bioimpedance scan on my patients. So that's where you can distinguish between water, fat, and muscle by sending a small electrical signals through the body. And what that has shown us is this is pounds of pure body fat that our participants have lost. So you can see it ranges from a couple of pounds up to 43 pounds of just pure body fat lost. So it's not true that it's just water weight. One more important statistic. I think at least for us who work as clinicians, we might think that, well, is this possible? Or maybe even each one of us would think, well, this sounds good, but it's so hard to do. And maybe that's why a lot of us medical professionals are afraid to delve into the area of lifestyle because we're afraid that people wouldn't do it. And it isn't as easy as writing a prescription. But there's some interesting statistic if we look at how did it go with these participants. So we did have 42 that decided to join the class. Out of those 42, 33 are still going. So at first glance, one could say, well, that's several people dropped out of the class for various reasons. COVID played a big role in that. But that's a 79% compliance. And that was during pandemic year. 
So to put that in perspective, I pulled some numbers from CDC on compliance with prescription medications. So if we compare it to adherence to prescribed medications, according to the CDC, if a doctor writes a prescription to a patient, only 80% of those patients will actually go and fill the prescription. 20% of prescriptions written are never even filled. So we're already matching about that number. Out of those 80% that go and get the medicine, 50% of those are taken correctly. So these are large scale studies that have been done to come up with these numbers. So adherence to medical advice is a problem everywhere, not just with lifestyle, but it takes a bit of work. Thank you, Robert, for participating at our symposium in April. That was wonderful to hear about the power of a group to help people make lifestyle change. And thank you to you, our listeners. If you haven't already subscribed to our daily flash briefings of tips, tools, and research about lipedema, you can subscribe at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, or here at this website, lipedema-simplified.org slash flash, where you'll find an archive of all of our flash briefings. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next time for another Living Well with Lipedema Flash Briefing. 